Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to the book of Philippians. We're going to begin in Philippians chapter 2, and then we're going to jump over to Philippians chapter 4. Book of Philippians. Do you feel loved this morning? Gary Chapman has written a book. It's called The Five Languages of Love. And in this book, he shares with us that there are five different ways that people feel loved. People feel loved because of physical touch. People feel loved because of acts of service. People feel loved when they receive gifts. People feel loved when time is spent with them. And people feel loved when they have affirmation or appreciation or thanks in their lives. Now, Chapman will argue that each one of us has a primary love language. And we speak it quite well because we like to love ourselves. Now, my primary love language is that of appreciation or affection, affirmation, thanksgiving. And if somebody tells me that I'm doing a good job or if they thank me for something, I'm just like a little puppy and you can leave me any place you want to go. (laughs) Now, Connie's love language is, is different. Connie's love language is time. And so if I'm sitting and holding her hand and we're just together, she's just a real happy camper. But the, the problem is I like to thank Connie for stuff. That's my love language. Honey, I sure appreciated that meal. Babe, you do a great job keeping up the laundry. I've said all these things in the last week, have I not? Honey, you're just wonderful with, with people around you. You just do a great, well, you know, she says, thanks, Tom. Yeah, I appreciate that. But it doesn't mean much to her. She wants me to spend time with her. The Apostle Paul is writing a book to the believers at Philippi. He loves them. And he is sharing with them concerning a gift that they have sent to him. I want to give you just an outline very quickly. We're not going to get into this this morning. So that you can have some handles to put on the book of Philippians. In Philippians chapter 1, Paul talks about the gospel. And it's the gospel that is the basis for his relationship with these believers. It is the gospel that brought them together. It is the gospel that they share. It's the gospel that brings us together. It is the basis for our relationship. It is the gospel that makes a difference in our lives. In chapter 2, Paul says that we are to imitate Christ. He says, King James, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And he tells us not to think on our own things, but to think on the things of others. And you and I need to recognize that if we say we love Jesus, we ought to live that love out in our lives. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk, even as Jesus walked. Chapter 3. Chapter 3 is a focus chapter. I press toward the mark for the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's a chapter where Paul is helping the believers recognize that there's something above themselves. It's not just where they are, but there is a higher calling that they have. And that is to press toward that mark that is laid before them. And chapter 4 then is a testimony. A testimony about God's faithfulness. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God will supply all of your Needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's all in chapter 4. Now, as Paul is writing this book, this letter, 
he is writing to thank them for a gift. A gift that was sent to Paul to meet his needs, to encourage his heart, and it indeed is a gift that he is thankful for. And so Paul is writing this letter of thanks. Thanks to the people who are involved in his ministry. Thanks to the people who are encouraging him. Thanks to the people who are allowing him to continue to do the work that God has called him to do. You know, we ought to have that attitude of gratitude. Let me challenge you this week. If there is someone who has ministered to you in a very special way, drop them a note, will you please? It may be their love language. It may not be. But it'll be, it'll encourage them and it'll be good for you. Because we ought all to be able to look and see how God is using other people in our lives. And we ought to be able to give thanks. Philippians chapter 2, are you there please? I want to begin with verse 19. And I'm going to read down through verse 30 and then we're going to jump over to chapter 4, all right? Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How is a son... With a father, he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Chapter 4, please. Verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Eodi, I entreat Syntyche, to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Jump down to verse 14, please. Philippians 4, 14. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except only you. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. 
Amen. A letter of thanks. Thanks for a gift. A gift that had been sent to meet needs and minister to people and to encourage Paul in the work that God had called him to do. As I read these verses of Scripture, I discovered six reasons that Paul had to give thanks for the believers at Philippi. And I just want to give those to you this morning. I want to give them as little handles so that you can kind of take them and and perhaps even apply specific instances to them. And and I I trust it will help us this morning to, to give thanks. The first reason that Paul has to give thanks is for the team. The team that God had called around him. In chapter 2, we read of Timothy, and we know that Timothy was a co-laborer with Paul, and Timothy went with Paul and encouraged Paul and ministered to Paul. In chapter 2, we read of Epaphroditus. We also saw him in chapter 4. And it was Epaphroditus who came from Philippi and brought the gift to Paul and presented it in behalf of the believers. In chapter 4, in the first couple of verses, we find a couple of ladies, Yodi and Syntyche. Ladies that Paul encourages to agree in the Lord and to work together in the Lord. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But they're called fellow laborers. They're called those who have come alongside Paul to to help him and, and encourage him. Clement is also mentioned in those first verses. And then Paul says, he says, I want to thank God for those who have labored side by side. The rest of my fellow workers and those whose names are written in the book of life. I am so thankful for the team that God has brought here to Calvary Baptist Church. And you're part of that team. You know, there's no I in team. Now, that may be strange to some of you if you don't know how to spell team. But there is no I in team. It's not about I, the pastor. It's not about I, the deacons. It's not about I, the trustees. It's not about I, the nursery. It's about all of us together, co-laborers in the work of God, sharing what God has given to us and perfecting the ministry here in the Battle Creek, Calhoun County, Berry County area, southwest Michigan. I am so thankful, as Paul was, for the team, those who were part of his life, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Why? Because it's all about the gospel, isn't it? Chapter 1, read that when you go home this afternoon. It's all about God's love for us being poured out through us. It's all about the team. Now, every once in a while, it's easy for us to get caught up in our own agendas, our own needs, our own feelings. When I was a kid, There was an acrostic, and maybe this gave me my love for acrostics. It was a simple one. It was the acrostic joy. Remember that one? How do you spell joy? Spell it with me, will you please? J-O-Y. Some of you did better than others. Remember that acrostic joy? J stood for what? Jesus. O stood for what? Others. The Y stood for yourself, right, you. You know, it's easy to get that confused, isn't it? In chapter 2, Paul says, don't look on your own interests, but look on the interests of others. Every once in a while, I'll get a phone call, and somebody will say, hey, pastor, I need to talk to you about something. And I'm thinking to myself, 
Boy, I sure hope they don't drag me into their world because I sure like where I am right now. And inevitably, I get drugged into somebody else's world. That's okay. But in our lives, we need to be looking at Jesus and those who are brought around us, the others, as we share and serve together. Paul was also thankful that the focus was for his glory. It's all about the glory of God. Amen? Look down at the end of chapter 4 when I read, verse 20, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Look at the end of verse 18. A fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. It's all about his glory. Amen? Whether therefore we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do what? All to the glory of God. That's why we are here on planet Earth. We are not here to serve ourselves. We are not even here to be comfortable and happy. We are not here so that we can enjoy life. We are here to bring honor and glory to our God, whatever that takes. A couple of weeks ago, I think I I mentioned uh, John Paternoster's brother, Dan, who now has been diagnosed with cancer again. And Dan's testimony is, there must be some other doctor that needs to hear about Jesus. Wow. I don't know whether I could say that or not. Something bad happening to me so that it might be good for somebody else? I tell this to Connie every once in a while. I'm a pretty selfish person. And there are times I I get pretty selfish. It's not about me. It's all about his glory. I received a letter this past week from a missionary friend of mine and wrote this in his letter. I'd like you to pray specifically for a buddy of mine over there. I met him in 2009 and got to know him fairly well. Let's simply say that he is a unique person. He is one of those people that can test my patience. You know anybody like that? (laughs) You live with anybody? No, sorry. But God keeps reminding me that if he keeps wanting to hang out, and that will give me many and that will give me many opportunities to share Christ with him almost every time we are together i am able to say something about christ it's his glory whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do or whoever you live with do all the glory of god whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatever your circumstances are or whatever you have to put up with do all to the glory of god for therefore you eat or drink or you complete the sentence. Do all to the glory of God. Paul was thankful it was all about his glory. Paul was also thankful and willing to accept differences. Because in those differences, we are to agree in the Lord. Now there are two ladies that are mentioned here in the beginning of chapter 4. Iodi and Syntyche. 
Now, we're not sure what was going on in their lives. We think that, that maybe there was some kind of friction that was happening here. We think that maybe they, they weren't getting along for some reason. They were different. You know, if you always got with people that are just like you, most of the people you got with wouldn't be necessary. Think about that. We need differences, right? 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the differences that are in the body of Christ. And we need each other because we are different, and we need to be willing to accept those differences. But as we accept those differences, we need to agree in the Lord because it's not about us. It's about recognizing that God is working in us and through us to perfect His plan. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25, we read this, that there should be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. You know, being a pastor wouldn't be too bad if it weren't for people. That was a people that just said amen. But life's too short to separate us. Life's too short to allow friction to be that which divides us life's life's too short and and the cause of christ is too great to allow our differences not to bring us together and to make us stronger for the glory of god you know i have learned more from people who are different than i am than i've learned from people who are the same as i am because the people who are the same as I am already know it. Right? And God has brought so many people who are different in my life with whom I can agree in the Lord and recognize that it is our common bond that makes the difference. Paul was thankful of those people. Paul was thankful that even though no other church cared, or shared the believers at Philippi did did you note that in the scriptures in chapter 4 Paul says that verse 15 Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel I left Macedonia no church entered into partnership with me in giving except you only you know I am so thankful for the people who are involved and who are invested and who are ministering and who are sharing and who are caring amen isn't that great not everybody's like that. In fact, the majority aren't like that. But I'm so thankful for the people who are. It just blesses me. I hope I don't inve- in- embarrass you, Al. I'm going to say it anyway. Every year, I challenge our deacons as well as Pastor John and myself to set spiritual goals. It's good for us. You can call them next spiritual steps. You can call them spiritual goals. You can, you can call them a lot of, lot of different things. And I, and I encourage our, our men to write these down. What, what are you going to do this year in your spiritual life to grow? Now, 
frankly, and, and I think our deacons will confirm this, frankly, a lot of us struggle with our goals. And every month we, we kind of talk about it. We may just kind of glaze over it. We, we mention it, but that may be as far as we hold each other accountable. One of Al's goals was to memorize Psalm, 100, memorize Psalm 106. Three, thank you. Psalm 103. I'm not going to ask you to turn there. But Wednesday night, Al quoted that for us. I got goosebumps. Woo! Somebody's really doing it. You can't, you, you can't imagine what kind of encouragement that was to me. Now, nobody else may get theirs done. I may not get mine done, but somebody did. Isn't that great? Nobody else made a difference, but, but that person did. And how many times do we emphasize those who are dragging us down rather than emphasize those to whom we should be looking up? Al, thank you. And by the way, Al would have gotten his Awana book signed had he been doing this for Awana. He did it that well. No one cared. But the believers of Philippi did. Paul was also thankful because he knew the value of his partners. He knew the value of his partners. Jump back to chapter 2, will you please? In verse 22, but you know Timothy's proven worth. That's pretty valuable, isn't it? Jump down to verse 25. Epaphroditus, my brother, my fellow worker, my fellow soldier, your messenger ministered to my need. Jump over to chapter 4, will you please? Verse 3, true companion labored side by side fellow workers those are valuable people those are the kind of people you like to keep around isn't it wouldn't you like to have a, a, a whole choir loft full of those people uh, we do here at Calvary Baptist Church we got a whole bunch of them and Paul understood and knew how wonderful it was to have valuable people as part of his life. And lastly, you notice I did not say in conclusion. Because we're not done yet. But lastly on my outline, Paul understood that service mandated commitment. Do you remember what he said about Epaphroditus? Epaphroditus almost died. That's commitment. Last Monday was June 6th. What happened on June 6th? D-Day. That's right, Vern. D-Day. You want to see commitment? That's commitment. Epaphroditus had that kind of commitment. As did Yodi and Syntyche, 
as did Clement, as did the fellow workers, as did the believers at Philippi. Because they sent a gift that ministered to Paul in his needs. In each of these areas, I see illustrations here at Calvary Baptist Church. And I am so thankful that God has allowed me and Connie to serve here and to serve with you and to serve you.